Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And we have a full house this morning. Very excited to introduce you to the team at Arizona Sustainability Alliance. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank so you. So happy to have uh, an opportunity to connect with, reconnect with Donna, both at the GCU event at the Beyond Zero documentary, I think it was, it was last week. Yeah. And then just for a few minutes out in the green room while we had uh, had you waiting for us to come back here. Welcome back to the studio. Actually, to the studio for the first time because yes. we only did a mini interview at the STEM Summit before the pandemic. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Well, welcome officially to Thank the studio. You. And you brought some partners with you. Yeah. So, Donna, introduce yourself first, if you would, please. And then after we have a little summary about you, if you would in- introduce your team. Okay, great. Well, my name is Dr. Donna Jagelski, and I serve as the Education Programs Manager with the Arizona Sustainability Alliance, and I oversee the education programs, which we're going to take a deeper dive into today. And um, Michelle Bevins is our COO, and Tori Toth is our Marketing and Communications, and we are um, relatively small, but we are a mighty team, a mighty team serving all of Arizona with our five priorities. So, Okay, I can't wait to hear about the five priorities. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll have uh, Michelle and Tori do the same. Hey, thank you. Yes, well, actually, I come from um, pretty much the world of K-12 education, coming up through as a teacher, instructional coach, specialization in uh, STEM-based learning. I am a lumberjack and a sun devil. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I earned my uh, second master's degree in uh, educational leadership from NAU and then went on to become a sun devil, earning my doctorate, uh, my EDD in leadership and innovation. And I've just been really blessed to be able to serve um, so many schools in the state here of Arizona. And then uh, as I transitioned around the time of the pandemic into the nonprofit world, building educational programs with the uh, emphasis of just making the world a better place, just providing educational opportunities to a lot of students, a lot of uh, youth that wouldn't really necessarily have those opportunities and to just kind of supplement and support what the schools, what our schools are already doing. Either one of you want to go next a little bit? Tori's like, go, Michelle. Uh, yeah, your background. And again, with the bigger title. Right? Okay, there you go. <laughs> Deferring to the uh, the team above. Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, no, I'm sure you both bring a great deal. Uh, we have up to an hour, so don't feel like you have to cut it short. And yet, yet, if you are, you know, concise, that's perfectly cool, too. I'll just draw more out of you. Mm-hmm. Michelle. Yeah, my name's Michelle Bevins. I am the Chief Operating Officer and currently the Interim Executive Director of Arizona Sustainability Alliance. My background, I worked for a for-profit business about six years ago, and then I uh, quit that job to help focus on making the world a better place. And it took me about a year to find an organization that I really connected with, and that was Arizona Sustainability Alliance. And at that time, I went full force, volunteering 40, 50 hours a week to help with many other people to get the organization up and running and going. And 
here I am today. As a volunteer first. Yes. For, for how long? Um, it was approximately three years volunteering. That's dedication. <laughs> wow, and commitment. Yeah, and I believe in the organization and the impact that we can have and our potential our potential to go statewide and the projects and programs that we can can put into the community. So good. Wow. Tori. Yeah, so I'm the marketing manager for Arizona Sustainability Alliance. I too started as a volunteer, but I think I was only a volunteer for three weeks before I got offered a part-time job and then recently a full-time position there. I am a recent transplant from New York City, so I've been in the desert for about two years now, and I just love its unique climate, and I wanted to learn more about just the environments and getting more involved in the community, and so I took the Urban Heat Leadership Academy, the first of its kind, uh, in 2021 when uh, the city offered it with uh, the Nature Conservancy, and it was it was an amazing experience and a graduation. That's where I met Michelle. She was there with AZSA and I went over to her and said, you know, could I volunteer? Could I do anything? I have a background as a TV reporter and I also started my own home staging company where uh, I do a lot of marketing and content and online marketing and actually creating marketing for other home stagers and real estate agents. So I With that unique background, I really wanted to try and help um, in this nonprofit organization because I love its mission. And I think more people need to know about it, particularly because this city is growing so much. Yeah. And Michelle, when you met Tori, you're like, yes, we could use you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. Um, If Anything that you can imagine a business needing, we need as an organization. And so lucky to have Tori find us. And she has a many skills and um, happy that she's part of the team. So glad. Yeah. Don, how did you come? Did you share how you came to? No. And I was just going to be mentioning that because we were talking about our our volunteer experience as part of kind of like our introduction and our learning and onboarding. And I too came on board as a volunteer uh, for about close to a year as an outreach coordinator. One of my great passions is just bringing people and organizations together, introducing and and discovering uh, what we have in common and how we can support one another and lift each other up. I find that to be so important. I actually learned about uh, the Sustainability Alliance when I was back in the school system and was actually at the SciTech Summit some years ago, and I saw a presentation of the food um, sustainability, the the food systems, the food tech for the future, uh, the Mars mm. Farm. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Students are going to love it. And one thing led to another. And that's how I learned about the organization, stayed plugged in, connected in, you know, just did a lot of outreach, uh, introducing everyone to everyone and just broadening the scope, the visibility of the organization, because I, I truly, obviously, I mean, very, very strong belief in the organization. Fantastic. Let's back up for our listeners and viewers who aren't familiar with Arizona Sustainability Alliance. And and all of you can chime in. Who are you? Who do you represent? I mean, we have little glimpses and pieces of it, but let's let's do that like little 30 seconds, you know. Here's who we are. <laughs> Thirty seconds, okay, so you maybe can, a I, little bit longer. But yeah. I, 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 earlier, I told you so, sound bites are not necessary. You can take all the time you need. But yeah, what would you typically say as you introduce yourselves as the alliance? Yeah, so we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit. 
We create and support cutting-edge project-based sustainability solutions here in Arizona. We have five priority areas. Those are sustainable food systems, urban forestry, conservation, renewable energy, and cities. Within those five priority areas, we have three cross-cutting themes, workforce development, youth, and education. And so within those five priority areas, we have multiple projects and programs going on. And I'll let Donna describe some of the educational programs that we have. Thank you. Yes. um, Well, we have our um, food tech for the future. We have Sew It Forward and we have our urban forestry. And uh, as I mentioned, the um, food tech for the future was really um, my introduction into the organization. And that is, if you can, basically what I describe it is um, the Mars Farm. It's a quote unquote food computer. And when I say a food computer to a lot of students, they think that it makes food. And they're like, oh, can it make chocolate? And I'm like, no, not quite. But it's basically hydroponics and everything. But um, the sensors and everything really kind of um, provide a a cross between our, um, you know, boots on the ground, our hands in the dirt, um, our hands-on experience, but meeting our tech world, our 21st century and beyond, which really goes to Mars. So it offers um, students the ability to grow food as if they are on Mars to do that kind of research, the mathematical computations, everything like that. But what I really love about it is that when we're serving our schools, as we know, our schools have like overarching or overarching, you know, goals. Every school, every district kind of has the same challenges, has the same goals, everything, but they're all unique. And it offers students the ability as we kind of move into our, you know, sew it forward, vertical gardens and small spaces and, you know, urban forestry, where that intersection is, where, like I said, kind of, you know, getting our hands dirty and everything like that, you know, in the dirt, but with the technological solutions. So it really meets the schools where they are in those unique areas and um, contextually where it really opens up a world for students that when we take a look, like our farmer's market, and that's something that we highly encourage in our um, educational programs, is for the students in the schools that we work with, that we partner with, to um, host a farmer's market. And it's not just about the growing food, although there's just such a rewarding experience that you're like, wow, I I grew this, you know, and then we eat it together. But it opens up a whole new world, uh, which I describe as holistic learning and holistic education, where there is so much that goes into that. Um, When we take a look at vendors, at distributors, at a farmer's market, that you're developing a business plan, you're understanding math and finance, cost-benefit analysis, all of those things, safety, um, health and safety checks and everything like that, marketing, which, you know, Tori definitely understands that. I mean, QR codes when you pay for, I mean, we think about our experience at a farmer's market and QR codes and scanning those things and brings in, you know, cybersecurity. And, you know, is is my credit card safe doing this? And all of those components just all emanating out of what we're doing with, um, you know, food tech for the future and our, our, you know, food uh, sustainability programs, and then just bringing it right down to the ground as far as that we grew this. Wow. 
that's the way I like to like yeah. look at it. And that's what I'm so passionate and dedicated about. Tori, anything to add to that from kind of the marketing branding perspective for our listeners? So I wouldn't say I'm the most sustainable person. But since starting with AZSA in the beginning of the year, I've gotten to learn the different ways you could be sustainable. And some people are like, you know, I can't, you know, I, I can't recycle. But if you just if you just recycled your plastic or, you know, you decomposed or you did compost at home, if you just did one thing, it actually makes a really big difference as a whole. And I think people think that they have to make such a big impact, which is why they don't start and do something. So just interviewing with um, a lot of the different people that I've had the opportunity to interview with, our colleagues, our sponsors, um, our youth, they're they're doing small changes, but they are making a big difference overall. And so I think uh, for all of our listeners out there and anyone watching, just know that if start somewhere. Just start. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we make mistakes along the way, but we have plenty of resources, you guys included, to know how to kind of hone it in. I have a vertical garden in my kitchen, by the way. It has 24 plants. Wow. And I now have the lights because it's too hot outside. Uh, Getting ready to put it back outside in mid-November, but, or excuse me, mid-October. I love it. And I have a 15-year-old still at home with me. So we get to have some of these conversations and it's like, hey, go grab that lettuce head. And (laughs) he walks three steps and now we're in the kitchen. And yeah, it's been phenomenal. How do you work with schools like administration, right? So you you do go into schools and you align with the teachers and their curriculum and the principals. Talk a little bit about that from that perspective. From a, and you're speaking to a former assistant principal for Kyrene, by the way, and a third grade teacher for years. Yeah, right. so you're speaking my language. Yes. Well, um, I, I think first and foremost, and especially I'm just speaking for myself and how I approach all of these um, aspects is um, to build relationships. That is really key. Um, and, and to build those relationships takes time. Um, getting to know people, getting to know people, you know, on the, the personal yet, you know, professional level, like I said, um, you know, just listening to what their needs are, um, just confirming that, you know, just in, through paraphrasing, you know, accountability. I'm very strong on accountability and responsibility. I mean, you know, I'll take those key points and make those action items and set those dates and then send out that information and just make sure that I'm staying on track and everything like that. I'm very, very uh, transparent in communications, you know, staying on top of those. And then just, again, meeting schools needs where they are. Um, We know that our schools are extremely challenged even before the pandemic with policies that are just from the top down, you know, Mm -hmm. assessment and everything like that. I I think back on uh, my experiences in the classroom and and in administration during the month of April, take for example, with, you know, statewide testing, uh, we were restricted from, from field trips you know, for the whole month, we couldn't. And then we turn around in May and we think that, oh, we'll be able to go on a field trip. And it's like, no, there's some more because, well, we're going to be graduating and this is that. And how do we navigate those waters? Because even before the pandemic, that's where technology is a great bridge. But now it's still another layer of challenges because when we take a look at the work that we are really doing and putting forth, that we're out there, you know, in nature, we're out there planting trees, we're out there in the gardens. So how can we do that technological world, you know? So again, it's really kind of drilling down, you know, and and listening to those needs and also uh, finding um, 
discovering what those other initiatives are Mm -hmm. that are important to those schools. Like I've worked with schools that are really focused on leadership. They're like a, a leader in me school. So if we take a look at how we can build in our programming that works in conjunction, that's complementing those school initiatives, there's a lot more support, a lot more buy-in, a lot more ownership mm-hmm. for all of those stakeholders involved. And that's what's really key yeah. is that um, there's ownership. You know, we want we want teachers, administrators to know that the programs that we're supporting them with, it is truly that we're supporting them. It is not something that we're just, you know, dumping on them yeah. or, you know, implementing, saying, oh, I'll have a good time, you right. know, with that and everything like that. But um, but we're, we're, you know, we're intersecting. We're working together as truly a partnership. Yeah. So I want to learn what is going to help you. Good. Michelle, rely on volunteers. Do these volunteers come from the alliance or do they come from the schools you're working with or do, does it matter? How does the whole volunteer piece work and where do you find them? We have two different groups of volunteers. We have our event volunteers, which are sort of episodic, right? They come out and help with a tree planting or help clean up a park. Those, we go through our social media, through our email lists. People sign up on our website. Then we have our staff volunteers, and these are volunteers that that give five, ten hours of their week on a consistent basis to um, help us in all functions of running an organization. And this could be anything from marketing and communications to fundraising development to volunteer management to outreach and to program coordination. Those we reach out through a volunteer hub, through our networks, volunteer match. We post jobs. So we take a a 40-hour-a-week job and we break it up into 10 bite-sized pieces that are accomplishable by a volunteer coming in. And they come in and they, they accomplish those tasks to help us get to that next step. And that's been really key in helping us grow especially in the first three years of the organization because we were all mostly volunteer at that time. And even though there were some people volunteering 20, 30 more hours a week, those like key five to 10 hour weeks, they helped us do things that that we wouldn't have been able to accomplish on our own Mm -hmm. and really helped us build because right now we are just over five years old and and we're growing quickly, and it's all due to all those initial volunteers getting in and helping. And then our volunteers that we have now, like they help us in different areas. And so sometimes people come to us and ask us, hey, can I volunteer with you? And other people see our postings. Um, and it's, it's written up just as a regular job description. They go through interviews. Yeah. We set the expectations, and then we move forward in that way. Something to add? Were you going to add a piece? Um, I was just going to go back to an example of us working with the school with Emerson Elementary School. They just had their centennial celebration in February, and we planted um, a a combination of 100 shrubs and trees on their property. So we had the whole entire planting celebration, obviously all the planning ahead of that, which included staff and volunteers. But then we've 
been back there, I want to say at least three or four, maybe even more different times, educating the teachers on what they can do, like different different projects that they could do. Like how do you create your favorite de- desert plant out of a piece of paper? Or, you know, this is how you could show them how much water uh, you're actually wasting. So just different um, tools that they can go back and then teach their children in the new school year. So that's kind of how it all how it all looks yeah. um, when when we work together. That's helpful. Yeah, painting, painting a picture through storytelling examples is excellent. So greater Phoenix area, like, is there a specific region that you guys work with? What are the boundaries or parameters? Yeah, right now, uh, most of our projects and programs are in the Phoenix metropolitan yeah. area. We have extended out to like Prescott, Prescott Valley, um, we're looking, you know, as we create that foundation to grow off of uh, expanding statewide in a gradual way as we have the capacity to do so. The need is there, just having the funding to do the expansion because paying for committed people to help move the mission forward is key in, in getting these projects and programs outside of the valley. I foresee like we could easily grow to statewide in a short period of time with the proper support. Yeah. Where does funding come from? Where, how do you get uh, funded? Yeah. So uh, we get funded through grants, okay. through corporate partnerships, uh, through uh, sponsorships and individual giving. Majority of our funding right now comes through grants. Okay. And you have, a, you're a small and mighty team. Do you have a designated grant writer or is, does it fall on the three of you? <laughs> Currently, we have, we're soon to have eight and a half employees. Fantastic. So right now we do not have a dedicated one grant writer. Um, it's all who, it is specific people that work on the grants yes. together as time allows. But we hope in the future to get a designated grant writer. It's very typical for a five-year 501c3 startup, right? I mean, it makes sense that <laughs> you're scrapping. Yeah. You guys are very scrappy. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> when you look at corporate donations and partnerships and that sort of thing, since this is Business Radio X and our listeners tend to be business owners and or organizations, professional organizations, let's talk about who's a, get, a good fit as either an individual donor or a corporate participant. What does that look like? <laughs> Throwing it back to you. Yeah, Michelle's like, thank you, everyone. <laughs> the one who came in the room and said, I won't be talking as much. No, <laughs> just kidding. You're, you're doing great. Uh, yeah, so I would say anyone, right? Uh, right now, I mean, honestly, the work that we're doing is important and the environment's important, yep. important and sustainability is important. So I feel anyone is a good corporate partnership, good donor, like, let's move this mission forward. Anybody who cares yeah. <laughs> about all the things you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, and, that and, you know, we're getting our water reduced in the state come 2023, and every business needs water. So this might be a good reason why right. you want to start um, looking to support sustainable nonprofits yep. like ours to help make sure that our environment we're able to maintain living and working in our environment. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to take all of us to make a difference. And it really, like, all of us need to be on board. And so 
people may not think be thinking about this. Want to know more? Come ask us. Ask someone who has the expertise. If you're questioning, ask. Find out more information. We have to do something. And the thing about it is, you know, as, as we've pointed out so far, I mean, all the aspects of sustainability, conservation, you know, our urban forestry, all of our education programs, they they affect and they impact all of us all the way around. And I mean, when we, I always encourage when I work with students, teachers, everyone like that, um, I encourage them to just kind of stop, pause and take a look around. And we go out on a walk and we look at our surroundings and we look at the trees and how often, you know, maybe the path that we walk or we run on every morning has new tree growth, you know, and um, they, they get support, you know, and everything like that. And, and they're growing and it's not just beautification. I mean, you know, it's giving back to the earth. I mean, you know, when I've worked with students, it's, it's dawned on them that, you know, they, they've got plants, you know, in our vertical gardens or, you know, in, in the um, Mars farm and it dawns on them and says, oh, wow, you know, this is something I need to take care of. It's relying on me. So it is something that really affects and impacts all of us. And in terms of the education programs, I mean, they're so important because we're educating the next and the future generations. And those are going to be the individuals carrying this, you know, mission forward. So getting a note from our producer. (laughs) And he's so good at these things. Do you work with other organizations and nonprofits um, other than schools? So who becomes good partners for you? Do you guys want to speak to that? You know it. Okay. So um, yes, we do. Um, So we work with cities uh, throughout the valley. We work with Trees Matter, the Nature Conservancy, American Forests, Arbor Day Foundation, Corazon Latino, and other organizations within the Valley. So good. Great shout out. Daryl had a couple suggestions as well. Uh, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, Tiger Mountain Foundation, if you're not yes. familiar with yeah. them, right? Yeah. yeah, they just put in our, our garden right here in the Max 6 parking lot of all places to help uh, with some of our folks who are... Um, homeless and, and uh, yeah, needing a place to thrive and make those deep connections. Yeah. So a couple other uh, organizations, I mean, I could probably spend three minutes listing can. all the organizations, <laughs> but also Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. U.S. Vets. We're doing a big project with on to houses for veterans. So good. And all the way from the greening and even talking about tower gardens at those locations as well. So we're doing so much and we have so many partners in these efforts. And it's so great that there's so many organizations moving forward in this way. The, the, the image I'm getting, and correct me if this is not the right image based on what you're sharing, is I see this um, like these pieces of cloth, right? So all these different organizations and schools and, of course, your pillars and everything. And and the Arizona Sustainability Alliance is the thread that okay. kind of helps everything come together. Does Is that accurate? I mean, yes. <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> I, I, I would like to think that, but I think like we're all threads, right? All of, all of these organizations yeah. are, are, are threads in making all of this happen. Not one organization 
can do it alone. There's so much that needs to be done. And so if you can think of everybody weaving, if you're thinking of that thread, just weaving and intermingling And I think that's really an important distinction. And I, I, I respect and appreciate you redirecting my thinking. Whether we're a for-profit or non-profit business, oftentimes people think, uh, I'm doing, I'm setting my goals and I'm on my mission or we are on our mission and our competition is over here and, and we can't play in the same field and we got to watch out, you know, the whole scarcity mentality, which is what conscious capitalism is not about, right? I know you're familiar mm-hmm. with that, uh, Donna. And so I love hearing that this, you know, we all have, you had said it earlier, we're all in this together. And through your education and your partnerships and volunteering and you name it, that's how everybody kind of grows together. So I love hearing that. That's how we do everything here at Business Radio X is really like always listening for opportunities to help, uh, to make introductions and certainly to grow because when you succeed, we succeed, right? Yeah. I want to mention one thing to kind of piggyback on that is all of our organizations are also learning from each other too. You know, there might be a best practice that we've found that now we've shared with another organization or we've consulted with an expert in a field and now, you know, we're collaborating on a project with someone and we learned something new, a better way to do something, a faster way to do something, a more sustainable way to do something. And that's from these collaborations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems that the three of you have that threaded through your personalities too, right? I love hearing that. <laughs> and, and that's so accurate with what Michelle pointed out is because that's the way I approach the educational programs is that as I develop the curriculum and work with teachers, I always build in so many resources. And that's where, like I said, I go back to that um, you know, relationship building and really listening to their needs because I'm building in you know, guest speakers and everything. I mean, people that can come into the school, be virtual, this, this, that. And that broadens the scope of our partners. I mean, into the world of, you know, academia, I mean, you know, or universities, you know, colleges, everything, um, you know, corporate partnerships, because now I'm I'm seeking out, you know, somebody with a specialization in X, Y, or Z to fulfill this need that I've listened to, that I've heard from the teachers, because again, I'm trying to kind of reduce, you know, the, the effort, the work, you know, that that they're doing, you know, and take that off their plate, mm-hmm. you know, rather than there's something that's that's added on where I'm saying, hey, I'll connect you to so-and-so to help, you know, move the students' learning forward in these areas. So, yeah. Tori, question for you. Uh, where You guys are on social media on what different platforms? Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Oh, gosh, you're everywhere. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you name it, we're Not on Pinterest it. yet, but we're working on it. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little TikTok soon. So good. And who do you find typically? Is it the volunteers? Is it corporate donors, um, individual donors? Who do you tend to hear from the most? Do you know who that is? Um, Through those, you know, maybe it, diff- it obviously varies for the platform, right? I'd imagine LinkedIn is corporation. That's sort yeah, of thing, it's kind of across. It's both. It's not always, you know, the immediate engagement that happens on social media anyway. It's but it's when they see us in person and they go tell Michelle like, oh, I saw that post on this thing that you guys did or and so it's seeing people out there and, and getting them and getting them to respond that way. I think that's just with social media in general. Right. But I see 
Arizona Sustainability, Arizona Sustainability Alliance to really become this educator and this community for the state where we are the go-to when it comes to learning about how to be more sustainable, um, you know, how to plant a tree mm-hmm. or, or or how to create these partnerships and just educating yourself more on the whole uh, environment and platform. So We've got a lot of content to create on our side and um, a lot of community to build, but that's where we're looking to go in the marketing communication side of everything. Perfect. How do folks get started with you as a volunteer? What does it look like? They reach out via email or social media and say, I want to come volunteer or they meet you somewhere? (laughs) So there is an interest form they can fill out on our website. A volunteer interest form. And once they get on that interest form, uh, they'll subscribe to our email list. And um, then we will post public events mm-hmm. for volunteering through our social media platforms and our email list and, our, and on our website. And then if they're interested in being a volunteer staff member, they would indicate that on the volunteer interest form, and then we would reach out to them in that way. And are there challenges in creating some sustainable volunteers? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, like, it is, it is it takes a lot of work, right? Sure. And so we just, we want anyone that comes to volunteer as a volunteer staff member to really want to do this. And, and you, you guys are great testimonies to that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. each of your origin stories were, hey, I volunteered first, mm-hmm. some of you for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> but each of you have really said, I've fallen in love with the mission, the purpose, mm-hmm. and, right. and the alliance. And and so, of course, you would be, um, I, I'm going to use the word protective, to make sure that you're bringing the right people on board and that, that they have room and space for this opportunity to grow with you. Yeah. Can you say something? Yes, it, it, you bring up great points because I think that really, and when we take a look at our society, I mean, whether we're K through 12 school, higher ed, you know, private, you know, a company, a corporation, nonprofit, we're all still relying on some level of a volunteer base. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, we want to always match people with their passions and everything with us, but then a little bit more of that granular level that, okay, we have our, you know, overarching, you know, theme of, you know, our mission of sustainability, but then to kind of tap into knowing who you are and for us to get to know who you are, you know, what your, uh, what your strengths are. I'm very, very much about strengths-based. So, you know, when we recognize that, okay, I'm a people person, I'm an expert. Extrovert, or I'm a number number cruncher. This, this, and that, and for us to match you into that role. And the great thing about volunteerism, um, and I, I come at it from all these different perspectives, from K through twelve, where we're trying to get parents in to do bulletin boards and all those things. You know, is that is that we want you to to thrive in that role rather than just survive? Like, oh, I got to pull up the bulletin boards, you know, in the K through twelve classroom, um, and we want to support you in that because that's what makes it different than a job. That we find out, okay, we'll try out in this role here, you know, planting trees. This, it doesn't work. Well, we're going to move you over here, and it it allows for that flexibility and everything. So that's great. And we we look at those individuals who come to us as volunteers to build that relationship with us. But then we want that word of mouth 
for everybody to go, be going out there and saying, mm-hmm. wow, I did this with the Arizona Sustainability Alliance and I had so much fun and it was so rewarding is because we we created that relationship with them. We um, we utilized their strengths. We all want to be utilized for our strengths and, and we're creating that, that legacy moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to add to that too. So, you know, sometimes we get volunteers coming on wanting to use the skills that they already have. Like say they're, they're really good at social media. That's where they want to be. That's where they want to use their skills. Other volunteers come on and they're like, I don't want to do what I do in my full-time job. (laughs) I want to be out there helping with the projects and programs and learning something new. And we're, I mean, we match them in that area too. We say, okay, this is where you want to be. Let's, mm-hmm. let's find a space for you in that area. Very accommodating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about donors again and funding. I, I understand that really it's anybody who cares, right? And, and of course has an opportunity to help lift, uh, and make an opportunity that way. Uh, on the website, is there a way to make a one-off donation and or a regular contribution? Yes. So we have a donation page on our website and where you can make an individual contribution or you can sign up for monthly giving. Very good. Thank you more of Tori, but anybody can chime in. <laughs> when you think about the organizations and the corporations, small, medium, and large, and given that Business Radio X meets with those types of organizations all the time and businesses, is there anybody on kind of your wish list that you wish that they knew about you guys? Oh, my God. How long is that list? <laughs> it's long. Okay, well, let's... I feel like they know of us, but they haven't committed yet. Okay. And there's there's lots of different ways, even besides just the one-off donation. Um, we have two... Uh, fundraising events a year. We have the corporate fundraiser event. Um, So our upcoming sustainability celebration is happening in November 5th. Okay. And we're looking for some sponsors for that. Um, And it's going to be featured around uh, water and just desert living and and giving people the opportunity to come together to celebrate and advance uh, sustainability. Good. And? Yeah. So um, (laughs) this is our big fundraiser for the year. The past two years, we haven't been able to have it in person. And this is our first time getting back to it being in person. And the funds that we raise during this will help support the operating costs of the organization, which is very important because we can have all these projects and programs going, but we have to support the the marketing and communications team, the fundraising and development team, the operations of the organization. And so this is so important, this fundraiser for us. You can go to our website, to the events page, and on there you can buy tickets, individual tickets, sponsorships. You can view the sponsorships, reach out to us if you want to sponsor. And then there's also patron tickets too, which in that you get, it's kind of, you don't adopt a tree, but it's kind of like when you name a star, you get to name a tree and then you'll be on our, on the map on, we have, we've identified every tree we planted in our GIS. 
and then we designate that tree for you. Or in if you want to dedicate it to someone else. So there's those patronships on there as well. That's amazing. You mentioned November... November 5th. 5th. Yeah. And uh, then there's a second major fundraiser each year. Is that right? Or an well, event? yeah, we have a corporate fundraiser that's usually around April, around Earth Day. Yeah, it's in, in alignment with Earth Day. Very good. Yeah, and then we have our anniversary celebration every year. What, so we what just time turned five in June. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah. Busy. <laughs> Very busy. Daryl had another question. <laughs> oh, great, great question. Can businesses come and volunteer together? Does it, you know, I, I know a couple other organizations that do that, right? It's, it's more of a team building thing. That, mm-hmm. does, that, does that make sense for you guys? And do they have to make a long-term commitment? Does it make sense for the come once? I know you kind of vet volunteers. So how does that work? Yeah, so a lot of corporations and businesses reach out to us in that capacity. And so we hold specific volunteer events where they fund the event and they fund the tree planting or they fund the Adopt-A-Park and then their whole team comes out and volunteers. That's great. An example was back in back in April, the day before our Earth, our corporate Earth Day event, Microsoft and OnSemi came out and they they help remove almost a ton of in, invasive plant species from the park. Wow! In a matter of four hours. So yeah. um, that's impressive. Uh, so different corporations come and help help us with our efforts and those are a big part of our our funding and our impact yeah huge and i think those great examples are, those those are absolutely great because you know this is where uh, you know, individuals get to see firsthand, you know, what we do and the impact that we make. So it's not just like someone that's blindly, you know, just writing out a check or, you know, donating money to just, you know, a name of an organization, but they actually get to see what we do and what we're all about. Meet the people, meet us, you know, meet one another, other volunteers and everything like that to just really see who all makes this happen, you know, that it's not just magic, <laughs> you know, the rain comes down and, you know, grows everything. Yeah. So, well, And they're able to also maybe potentially meet another part of the city that they don't normally go to, just seeing different parts of your community as well as... They also learn yeah. during those things oh, yeah. too. They, Even just the they, example that you just shared is a yeah. perfect idea of, of how... Well, then they're also kind of emotionally attached to it too mm-hmm. because they'll come back and be like, I planted that tree and they'll come back yes. in a couple of years and be like, I can't believe this tree got this big or I can't believe, you know, we have to come back in and do invasive removals again, you know, because our community is an organism. So it's going to keep growing and it's that emotional connection that's going to keep us tied to it. Mm-hmm. And then just speaking of the corporate relationships we have, we're building in these lunch and learns with the corporations so or the businesses. So we'll go and part of our team is going to one today. They're going to um, a local a company and they're presenting on AZSA what we do, engaging the employees there. So there's the lunch and learns where we we talk about AZSA and what we do. And then we're developing lunch and learns about around sustainability so that we can go into those 
corporations and it's brilliant idea. and educate mm-hmm. the employees on how to be more sustainable in their lives and the work that they do in their communities. It's a great way to spread the word very quickly. <laughs> yeah, and have people, of course, volunteer and have mm-hmm. co- uh, companies get more involved. We are almost done with our conversation today. I promised it would go fast. Anything else that I hadn't thought to ask that you, on your way over here, you were thinking about coming and spend time with us today that you want to make sure that our listeners are aware of? I'll yeah, mention, you, each, you each have an opportunity yeah. if you want. I'll, I'll mention just kind yeah. of continuing a little bit of uh, just what Michelle pointed out about the lunch and learns is that in um, the educational sense, I have always been the educator that uh, really encourages uh, student-centered learning and student leadership. So when I work with the schools and, and the teachers, I, I completely encourage um, their their students to actually share their stories, to put them in the spotlight and in the driver's seat. And also, I mean, you know, I'll create content of curriculum, but then the students come up with the greatest ideas as to what to grow and what to do and how to harvest and everything like that and recipe books and everything. And I like to put them in the spotlight so that when we have these lunch and learns, you know, again, um, you know, potential donors and, and partners get to see it exactly from the student perspective which is so powerful, so impactful. I'd like to talk on a personal level about everybody's impact, just going a little bit deeper into that. We talk about corporate and what we're doing in the community, but every individual, what they do in their house, what they do in their lives matters. And you don't have to start out big. You can just add things gradually. And I'll just give some examples of some things that my husband and I are doing in our lives. And it all didn't come at once. These are gradual ads. So I love real quick, as you begin to share this, Tori started with this. So it's really nice that we've kind of come full circle because, yeah. again, it's it's accentuating the point that we all can make a difference. We all need to be aware of what we're doing. And now what are some of the small things that are maybe, that maybe they're big now, but what are you guys doing? Sure. So we, uh, we have a food forest in our backyard where we're growing uh, fruit and vegetables. Uh, we have wood chips all over the backyard to decrease the amount of evaporation from the soil and increase the health of the soil for our food forest. And so that decreases the amount of water that we're using. So we're very water efficient in that manner. We have rainwater harvesting, both passive and active in our yard. So we harvest the rain off of our roof and that waters some of our trees and our plants. We do composting in our backyard and that extends to uh, compostable items outside of our own house. There's this organization called Share Waste, where you can sign up as a person that does composting or a person that wants to compost but doesn't have the means. And so I'm signed up as a person that does composting and someone can drop their compostable items off at my house and I'll put them in my compost. We use a sun oven to cook some of our food, which focuses the sun into the into a, an enclosed box and it gets up to over 425 degrees wow. based on what we're focusing, and we can cook much of our stuff in there. I know some of these are a bit extreme. It's a great but, example of how when you are committed, yeah, <laughs> you can really become extremely sustainable. Yeah, and then we have a 
an outdoor shower in our backyard that we use May through October, and it is heated by the sun, and it waters our trees. Um, There's many other things that you can do. Like I said, we've added these as we've gone along, and we're not perfect. There's still more things that we can do, but I just challenge everybody, add to it. If you're using your reusable water bottles, you're recycling, add a bit more, add a bit more of what you're doing because it all matters. And especially around water, like what we do in our own backyards makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's huge. And I love that you brought it full circle. Tori, anything to add uh, either to plus one off of what the other partners have said here or something entirely different? Um, No, I would just say that if this conversation interests you and you don't really know where to get started to please follow along with our journey and what we're doing, We would love for you to engage in the community and obviously ask questions. And maybe there's things that you do that we don't do that we would love to know more about. So again, it's that whole coming together and um, trying to make this state the best sustainable state it can be under the most extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So well said. You all have been a great pleasure to connect with. Hopefully after today, you'll have some new folks very interested in what you're, uh, what you're up to. And um, yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing. Tori, you had mentioned that you're not the most sustainable person. I feel the same way. I have some areas of knowledge, but listening to Michelle, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do so much more. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's the idea, right? That's why the Alliance is here so that we can learn, we can grow, and we can you know, piggyback back off of each other's ideas. So thank you for the education and the opportunity today. Tell us again uh, where we can find you guys. It's azsustainabilityalliance.com. Yes, correct. Yep. And then on all social media platforms, is there a particular um, handle to listen for or watch? AZ Sustain okay. um, is our what Twitter, Instagram. Uh, find us Arizona Sustainability Alliance on um, Facebook. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. And all you got to do is go to the website and you'll see yeah. oh, they'll all have the, the icons there. Yeah. She's done her job. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Very good. Well, you've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right. And we lean business and nonprofits and sustainability. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.